Psalm 71. Let's stand together, please, for the reading of God's Word. Verse 1. In Thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be put to confusion. You know, um, we're going to read in this psalm that it was a time of, of a personal attack in this psalmist's life, a time of testing, a time of his faith being tested. But his prayer to me is such a relevant prayer. Let me never be put to confusion. And uh, one of the things that life can do is get us in a place where we just don't know what to do. Or we get concerned and are confounded and people even begin to question things that they've decided on and things that they're doing and, and different things. And this prayer of the psalmist is a good prayer. As I was reading this prayer, my wife and I actually were reading this, this psalm this morning. And I was thinking about what's going on in our country, and I'll address that a little bit. But I'm telling you, it's a very confusing time in the world that we live in. Unless you've just had your head in the sand and not following at all what's going on in the world. It's a very, very troubling time. And the, and, but the good thing for us is we have God. <laughs> and we have God's counsel and we have God's comfort. We have God's wisdom. And we have the God who can keep us from being confused or confounded. And so let's pray and get into the Word together. Father, thank you for your Word. What a blessing it is today to be able to open up the Bible and we pray, Lord, that you would help us as we go through this psalm, Lord, to uh, be encouraged and to be edified, to be instructed, uh, to be challenged, and Lord, to be changed as we take heed to your word. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. <coughs> Excuse me. You know, there's a tendency... Uh, in any of our lives. It's a tendency in lives of young people as well as adults, young as well as old. There's a tendency to be confused. Now, we don't know for sure who wrote this psalm. Some people speculate that David did. We don't even know exactly what the challenge was he was facing. But you know, if, if you um, go to Psalm, just hold your finger here and go to Psalm 31. There's some very similar language in Psalm 31 where it says um, in verse 1, In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed. There the word is ashamed and not confused. But the similar sentiment, deliver me in thy righteousness. And if you follow on, we're going to read further in Psalm 71. But this is a psalm of David that starts with almost the same words. And so, again, it doesn't matter. The Bible doesn't tell us. In the title, it doesn't tell us who wrote it. It's not important. The important thing is, is God's Word, and God has preserved it for us. But all of us face the tendency or the temptation to be confused. To be confused means, uh, the word translated is confused here. Sometimes translated as ashamed, as we saw in Psalm 31, or confounded. Now, one thing we know. God is not the author of confusion, right? 
And if God's not the author of confusion, who is the author of confusion? We know it's, it's really the devil. To be confused is to be unstable, it's to be disorderly, it's to be disturbed. Be not, you know, the opposite would be peace. Um, and the, these are really confusing times. I mean, there's a, there's a great a global unrest and fear. And I'm, I'm not an alarmist, really. That doesn't mean that I, that I don't take warning seriously, but I just don't believe everything I hear. And, and, and so we, you know, this, this coronavirus thing has got some people just really... Um, I think, the, I think I, honestly, the fear of the virus is about as, as bad as the virus is itself. And, but it depends on where you're getting your information. It's disrupted the, the international community as far as trade is concerned. And it's just this week, if you follow the market, and that could, that could be a cause of confusion, really, if you, if you care about, if you have money invested, maybe through your company, 401k or personal, whatever, there's never been this kind of volatility. And some of you may not even be aware of that. You don't, you don't even look at it, don't care about it, and that's fine. But doomsday forecasts just abound. And the naysayers in the media just, I believe they play on, they play on circumstances. They play on the thought of what if. And that's really one of the reasons that the market is not for everybody because it's, it's, a lot of what it does is based on speculation. I remember, you know, before our president, our current president was elected, um, after it was announced that evening that he had won the election, uh, the, the next morning, the stock market, the futures were down like 750 points, which right now, 750 points doesn't sound like much, but the stock market wasn't in the range it is at this time. And you know why that, you know why that was? It's because they speculated that he was going to ruin our country. And you, so you got people that are full of fear and speculation and that are, that are making decisions that affect everybody's, almost everybody's livelihood and it's not like the Great Depression. In the Great Depression, people were jumping out of buildings because their life savings were taken from them. And I'm just telling you, it's a troubling time. It's a time for people that, uh, to be concerned. And, and so um, Webster defines confusion as turmoil and uncertainty of mind, the lack of peace. So I just want to caution us tonight because anything, I mean, when we, a week ago, we never would have thought we'd been hearing the headlines we're hearing today about this disease that, I'm not saying it's not serious, I believe it is serious, but I think there's a lot of hype in it. And then all the, disman the dismantlement of our relationship, and I could, there's a, there's a, a rabbit I want to chase for a minute, I'm not going to, I'm going to, I'm going to resist the temptation to chase it very far. But if this does anything for us, it ought, once again, it ought to make us quit being so dependent on China. <laughs> because they control a lot of our medications and everything, you know. The very town where this thing broke out was where much of the 
medication that we depend on here in our country comes from. So it's just not a good, it's not a good scenario. Maybe we'll learn a lesson from it. But a lot of things cause us to be concerned. I got an email today from Lowe's and uh, because we have an account with Lowe's, and they're just talking about practical things, you know, limiting the number of, or, or, or making sure you're using sanitation. We're going to make let's take an extra step there and make sure everything is clean, and limiting the number of masks because of so many people are getting masks, they don't have any left. I mean, some of this stuff is almost, it's just ridiculous. And when people are leaving Walmart with shopping carts full of toilet paper, because of a, because of, and it's serious. I mean, they do that because it's all based on, it's all based on this mania, this this uh, fear, and not based on reason. And I think it's confusing. I think it's confusion. And uh, is, so we're looking to God tonight to give us, to deliver, look at what it says in verse one. And the O Lord, do I put in my trust, never, never be put to confusion. So there's a tendency to be confused, and I want to spend our time tonight just looking in this passage and just highlighting some things that we all know that help us avoid this confusion. And the first one is found in verse 1 where it says, In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Trust in God does not cause people to be confused. Trust in God causes people to be at peace that we're trusting in the Lord. By the way, notice what, they're very simple language in verse 1. He says, In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. To put means to place something. It means you're putting your trust in God. You're placing your trust in God. Trust is not a one-time decision. You trust in the Lord when you get saved. You trust in the cross and the blood of Jesus Christ and his death for us and his resurrection in order to be saved. But that's not the only time you trust him. We put our trust in the Lord. We place our trust in the Lord every time another need comes up. I like that song that was, I didn't pick it tonight, but that song, I need thee every hour. Because it's amazing how often we need to be trusting the Lord. Every time a new difficulty comes up, every time a new problem comes up, every time another situation comes up, we need to be putting our trust in the Lord, not in people, not in ourselves, not in our management ability, not even in our government. We need to put our trust in the Lord. Um, hold your finger there at Psalm 71 and go to the left of Psalm 56 tonight. And I want to begin reading in verse 1. Be merciful unto me, O God. This is a psalm of David. Be merciful unto me, O God, for man would swallow me up. He fighting daily oppresseth me. Mine enemies would daily swallow me up. For there be many that fight against me, O thou most high. What Verse 3. What time I'm afraid, I will trust in the Lord. David had, you know, you'd think David, a man who slayed a giant with a slingshot, wouldn't have problems with fear. But David said, what time I am afraid. We all have times of fear and confusion. In God, verse 4, will I trust his word. 
In God have I put my trust. I have put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. So, so how do you go back to Psalm 71? How do we avoid confusion? Number one, we need to be trusting in the Lord. If we're trusting in anything other than God, we're on shaky ground. That doesn't mean we don't do anything. You know, they te- they're warning us, you know, wash your hands often. You know, that's, that's a good thing to do, even in flu season. Flu season's been a bad flu season. But we don't trust in our hygiene, we trust in God. I love that verse, trust in the Lord and do good. Do what you know you ought to do, but keep trusting in the Lord. You know, use common sense, but trust in the Lord. <coughs> fear, excuse me, fear is the enemy of trust. And fear is the opposite of trust. Worry is not the same as trust. God to trust him. And throughout this Psalm 1, Psalm 71, excuse me, we have these admonitions to trust him. Look in verse 3, he says, Be thou my strong habitation. Habitation is where a person dwells, where they live. Be thou my strong habitation. God is where I'm going to, God is where I'm going to take refuge. Thou hast given commandment to save me, for thou art my rock and my fortress. He said, don't let me be put, put to confusion, because I'm, I'm making you my refuge. I'm trusting in you. And he says in verse 3, and I love this language, he says, thou hast given commandment to save me. God's commandments are in our favor. What God says are in our favor. And what the enemy says, what the media says, what the flesh says Maybe something else, but we're trusting in what the Lord says. He's our, he's, verse th- last part of verse 3, he's our fortress. Look in verse 5. For thou art my hope, O Lord God. Thou art my trust from my youth. I'm trusting in you. I've trusted in you from my youth. I'm still trusting in you. Look, we're talking about trust, the importance of trust. Look in verse 7. The psalmist says, I am as a wonder unto many. People look at me. They look at me with wonder. They try to figure out, you know, what I'm about. But he says, they look at me that way, but thou art my strong refuge. I'm trusting in you. Look in verse 20, way down near the bottom of the psalm. Thou which hast showed me great and sore troubles. Now, we don't know what those are. But in the psalmist's mind, they were great and they were sore. The word sore, they were, t- they were difficult. Could be many, great, many, sore troubles. Thou hast showed me great and sore troubles. Thou which hast showed me great and sore troubles shall quicken me again <clears throat> and shall bring me up again from the depths of the earth. I may be down, but I'm not out. You're going to bring me back. We're talking about trust. Thou shalt increase my greatness and comfort me on every side. God's going to help me. He's going to lift me up. He's going to comfort me. So how do we avoid confusion? Guys, I'm going to go to using this mic right here, okay? And I'm going to take this one off. Because <coughs> I can't control coughing into this. And I'm not contagious. I don't have a, I don't have a fever I'm just, I've had this, uh, what I've had wrong with me for a while, and so it's taken a while to, for the cough to go away. So how do we avoid confusion? Trust in the Lord. And in, in uh, kind of embedded in that trust in the Lord is a second thing I want to talk about, and that's prayer. 
you know, all the talk about what our country is facing, and to me, it ought to be a call to God's people to pray, to pray for the leaders, to pray. I mean, this, this is causing difficult times. I'm not talking about, you know, I heard today that uh, all the, basically all the March Madness games, the road to the final, all those games have been restricted, that fans won't be able to come unless they're close family. That's going to be a big deal, but, you know, missing a basketball game is not a big deal, right? <laughs> At least for most of us. But some people are really hurting because of this. Their industries are hurting. Their businesses are hurting. Some people have loved ones that are sick. So, so what should we do? One thing we ought to do is pray. In Psalm 71, it says, not only in verse 1, in thee, O Lord, do I trust, but verse 2 says, he's, he makes this request. It's a prayer. Deliver me in thy righteousness and cause me to escape, incline thine ear unto me, and save me. So the first verse is about an intentional trust in the Lord. The second verse is about a request. Deliver me. Cause me to escape. Help me through this. Verse 4, an, another part of his prayer. Deliver me, O my God, out of the hand of the wicked out of the hand of the unrighteous and cruel man. Deliver me. And you know, one thing we ought to be doing in times when we have a tendency to be confused or confounded or troubled is pray. Is pray. Seek God. Ask God for help. Ask God for wisdom. Ask God for discernment. Ask God for protection. Now, this, this matter of prayer is seen throughout this Psalm, but a particular request having to do with his aging. Look in verse 9. Cast me not off in the time of old age. Forsake me not when, strength, when my strength faileth. When I'm aging. You know, some people may think that the older you get, you're sort of exempt from times of uncertainty or confusion, but the opposite can be true. I mean, sometimes the older we get, the more confused we get. So we, ought to, we, need, we need to pray about those things. Help me when I'm aging. Look down in verse 18. Now also when I'm old and gray-headed, O God, forsake me not until I have showed thy strength unto this generation and thy power to everyone that is to come. So here again, he's, he's praying for help during the final part of his life. So what should we do to keep from being confused? Number one, we ought to trust in the Lord. Trust in God. If I'm, if I'm fearful or fretting or worried, it's a, it's a sure sign to me, like an alarm, uh, an alert. You're not trusting in the Lord like you ought to be. And the second thing, we ought to be praying. There's a third thing in this psalm, though, that I want to point out. And that's found in, in more than one place. But let's look in, in verse 10. Psalm 71 and verse 10. I want to read several verses here. For mine enemies speak against me. Now, the writers, I'm sure, has physical enemies. Maybe they're... Maybe there's people who are opposing him. Maybe, maybe it's like a military type 
opposition, a foreign country, the Philistines perhaps, maybe, we don't know who it was, maybe it's just, maybe it's his mother-in-law, we don't know who it was, but, but he's got some enemies that are opposing him. So, he says, for my enemies speak against me, they're verbally assaulting me, they're criticizing me, and, verse 10, they that lay wait for my soul, those who want me to be hurt, take counsel together, they're, they're in confederation, take counsel together, saying, this is their scheme, saying, God hath forsaken him. Talking about the psalmist. His enemies are saying, God hath forsaken him. Persecute and take him, for there's none to deliver him. He doesn't have a deliverer. But he cries out, verse 12, O God, be not far from me. O my God, make haste for my help. So I said, first of all, we ought to trust in the Lord. Second of all, we ought to pray. But thirdly, we ought to recognize the enemy's role in our confusion. I mentioned this earlier. When we are times going through confusion and being confounded, not sure what to do, the devil, the devil capitalizes on that, and often he's the one that originates much of that. It's called spiritual warfare. The devil doesn't attack us with spears. He doesn't attack us with rocks, generally. <laughs> he attacks us with words, with words, negative words, pessimistic words, naysaying words. Just like these words in verse 11, God hath forsaken him. Like, you know, if, if you have an idea or thought comes into your head that God has forgotten about you, do you believe, you believe the Spirit of God put that in your head? No. No. The enemy's words are questioning God. When Paul wrote to the church at Corinth, he said the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, they're not fleshly, they're not physical. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down, what? Imaginations, false reasonings, false ideas, casting down imaginations. And then he says, and bringing into captivity every, what? Thought under the obedience of Christ. You know where... Confusion happens often, happens in our mind. It happens in our thinking. And that's the territory where the devil really tries to defeat us and make us think it's not working out, make us think it's not, that it's hopeless. We'll look at that in a moment. So, well, number one, we need to be trusting the Lord. Number two, we need to be praying. Number three, we need to recognize the enemy's Role. He wants to make us confused. He wants to make us fear. He wants to make us doubt. That's what he, he specializes in that. And if we'll let him, we'll just, we'll believe what he says, agree with him, you know, believe it strongly just because we have this idea, you know. So we need to recognize the enemy's role. The fourth thing that I want to mention here is found in verse 5. Verse 5. Psalm 71 and verse 5. <clears throat> For thou art my hope, O Lord God. Thou art my trust, 
from my, thou art my, my hope. And then, then he says, thou art my trust from my youth. I've been trusting in you my whole life. Now we are, he, we heard he told us how he's old, right? He, when I'm old and gray-headed. Now some people, I don't know, I don't understand it. Some people are older than I am. They're still not gray-headed. But, but many of us are. are. So anyway, he, um, he, so we know he's not a young man, but he says, I've been trusting God from my youth. He's looking back. He's reflecting. And this is, the po- this is number four, if you're taking notes. Number one, trust. Number two, pray. Number three, recognize the enemy's role. Number four, he was reflecting on God's faithfulness. God's been with me my whole life. God's always been faithful. The longer you've been saved, the more convincingly you can say that. You know, my wife had a conversation. <coughs> Excuse me, we had a conversation recently last day or two about that, just about how, you know, you just look back over your life and you just see how God has brought you through so many things. Some, some more serious than others. Some, some at the time seemed fairly difficult. Some could have been, you know, life-changing. And, and yet, we, we ought to, one of the things that keeps us from being confused is realize God's always been faithful. God can be trusted. I mean, we may face a new set of trials in our life. It may be something brand new. And that's kind of, I look at this scenario that's happened in the last couple of weeks in our country and in our world. I mean, who would have thought a few weeks ago that entire nations would shut down their borders that no one can come in and no one can go out? Who would have thought that could ever happen? You know what I'm saying? Who Who would have thought they'd shut down entire cities? you know, and, and keep people from, from getting in or getting out. So this was something unforeseen. So there, you, you and I may face a new set of trials, but it'll never be something that God will be surprised by. Right? He's not surprised. Amen. He's, he's not scratching his head. He's not worried. He's not confused. So reflect on God's faithfulness. We find this theme throughout this Psalm, for instance, look in verse 6. It says, by thee have I been holding up from the womb. I've been held up ever since I was born. Thou art he that took me out of my mother's bowels. You were, God, you've been with me from the very beginning. And he says, my praise shall be continually of thee. I'm going to keep praising you, keep thanking you. Look in verse 8. Let my mouth be filled with thy praise and with thy honor all the day. It's hard. It's hard to get too confused if we're thanking the Lord and praising the Lord continually, right? Look in verse 14, it says, But I will hope continually and will yet praise thee more and more. Lord, don't let me be confused. I'm just going to keep trusting you and praying, and I'm going to, I'm going to turn this whole matter of the, the enemy's work over to you, and I'm just going to keep thanking you and praising you. He says, I will, verse 14, will yet praise thee more and more. Look in verse 17. O God, thou hast taught me from my youth, and hitherto have I declared thy wondrous works. You've taught me, and from then until now, I just keep praising you. So, four things thus far. Number verse 15, if you look there with me. Here's a fifth way to keep from being confused. Look in verse 15. 
My mouth shall show forth thy righteousness. My mouth shall show forth thy righteousness and thy salvation all the day of all the day, excuse me, for I know not the numbers thereof. You know, with all he's going through, he's trusting the Lord, he's praying, he's remembering God's faithfulness, but he's also not losing sight of his purpose. That was my number five. Don't lose sight of our purpose. He says, I, I'm going to show forth your salvation all the day long because I don't know how long I'm going to be here. For I know not the numbers thereof. I don't know how many days I have left. We have a purpose in life. And it's not just to get by. It's not just to, you know, live the American dream. The purpose that we have in life is to declare his salvation, is to help other people come to know him. And when a person loses that, they, no wonder they start to be confused about why they're here. In verse 18, I read this a moment ago, but I'm going to read it again. Now also when I'm old and gray-headed, O God, forsake me not until I have showed thy strength unto this generation and thy power to everyone that is to come. This is not a young man, but he still had his purpose right. He still had his head on straight. He knew he was here for a reason. And so one of the ways we keep from being put to confusion is not losing sight of our purpose. And here's the last one. Look in verse 16. There are actually more in here, but this will do for tonight. Verse 16. He said, I will go in the strength of the Lord God. I will make mention of thy righteousness, even of thine only. Now think about those words. I take them literally. I will go in the strength of the Lord. You know, if you're walking in your own strength, if I'm walking in my own strength, then it's not a surprise if we get confused and troubled and not sure what we're going to do. You know why? Because God never intended for us to live this life in the flesh, the strength of our own flesh. And he knew he couldn't do that. He said, I will go in the, in the strength of the Lord. That's talking about walking, walking in the spirit, walking with God, letting God walk his, live his life through us. You know, in that great passage in Ephesians 6 where Paul wrote to the church there at Ephesus and said, he's talking about spiritual warfare. He's talking about the weapons of our warfare and he's talking about how to be strong in the Lord. And he said this, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. I think one of the reasons that God's people get confused and get overwhelmed and get defeated has nothing to do with how large their troubles are. It has nothing to do with how difficult their journey is. It has to do with whether we're walking in the spirit or walking in the flesh. Because if I'm walking in my own energy, there's a lot of things in this world that I cannot handle. But if we're walking in the spirit, God has promised to enable us. God has promised that grace. I mean, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, what? Peace. Peace. The fruit of the Spirit is peace. If we don't have peace, we're not being filled with the Spirit. We're not being controlled by the Spirit. We're not led by the Spirit. You know, I'm going to close 
in a moment, but <clears throat> when people look at us, people in the world, people where you live, people where we work, people in the community, especially in times like this, I mean, people are paranoid. I mean, they really are. And what should they see when they see us or when they hear us? What should, you know, you can't hardly ever, you know, wherever you go, I met a guy today over at the cemetery who's never been to our church. He's somebody from the community. I've known him for a long time, and he loves the Lord. But the first thing out of his words have to do with this virus. You know, everybody's talking about it. People are concerned about it. And legitimately, there are reasons to be concerned. But the point is, God's people should have a level of victory and peace and purpose and perspective that the world does not have. And that doesn't just come because you have been born again. It comes through walking in the Spirit and living according to the promises of God and trusting in the Lord. Does that make sense? We need His help. Amen? I need the every hour. We need His help. And I'm not minimizing the seriousness of this. I think it is serious. I think, you know, if I, if I was... If I was in the airline industry, I'd be concerned, right? I mean, by the way, you can buy tickets round trip to Europe right now for about 150 bucks. Seriously, um, they're out there. So, um, so I'm not minimizing. I'm not minimizing the seriousness of it. But, but, but when you look at it from God's perspective, we ought to say, you know, God's got a plan in all this. God is not panicking. There's no panic in heaven. And we need God's perspective. We need God's wisdom. And some people will say that, well, you're just sugarcoating it. No, I'm just trying to see what the Bible says about it. And it's not just this, it's anything. There's no guarantee that at any point in time in my life or your life, circumstances aren't going to just uh, slap us up the side of the head and give us a wake-up call. But what happens when that happens? We need to trust in the Lord. We need to pray. And we need to keep walking in the Spirit and reflecting on how faithful and good God has been, just like this psalm, psalmist. And let me, let me never be confused. Let me never be confounded. Amen?